Well, Father, we thank you this morning for uh, your goodness and your kindness towards us. And that, Lord, um, every day is probably some form of adventure of losing some more grave clothes. But we thank you for the promise that out of death comes great life. And let it be true of us that it's no longer us that live, but Christ that lives in us, through us, and as us. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. All right. Well, let's get into the word this morning. Uh, the ask for this week, please eat or sit with G- uh, Jesus in John thirteen three. That'll be our main uh, text this morning. John thirteen three. Uh, we have been talking about Jesus bringing the kingdom of God. He taught us that God's our Father. Uh, he taught us truth. He also taught us that our Father's kingdom is accessible and it's in the Holy Spirit. So what we've looked at so far is just simply acknowledging the kingdom, receive the kingdom, invest in the kingdom, meaning all of yourself, embrace the kingdom as your daily reality, and then rest in the kingdom is where we were last week. So when we talk about resting in the kingdom of God, Uh, now that you're free from fear because perfect love comes and you're at rest, the only one that could have done anything about your distance from God did. Only He could have made that right. Are you okay with that? Because religion will tell you otherwise. Religion will say work your head off to somehow make it right and make amends, or you can't. The only one that could could provide the righteous requirement of overcoming Adam and Eve's original sin and bringing mankind back into union with God was God. And guess what? He did. Touch your neighbor and say, He did it. (laughs) So we're no longer afraid because we gnosko, we know experientially, firsthand knowledge, the love of God, And so we're at rest, and rest produces all kinds of works. Don't put the work in, put the rest in. Because rest, if you're going to labor, labor to enter rest, when you're at rest and you realize, I really am okay with God. I'm really one with God. Even though, yeah, I struggle, I make big pieces of stupid, I do stuff I shouldn't do, say something I shouldn't do, In my heart of hearts and in my renewed mind in Christ, God and I are okay. And He has invited me to do this journey of what Steve needs to be more like Him. He's invited us uh, to do it together. Super important. Not separate. Not whenever you do this right, I'll welcome you. It's not that. It's walk with me together. Literally, take my yoke upon you and then what do you say learn from me so rest is a key component and it produces incredible generosity and kindness and love i'm i'm doing this in my own life i i so want to learn to be so unafraid that i never repay evil for evil that i overcome all evil with good And if someone insults me on the right cheek, I'll turn and offer the other. If someone asks for money and I lend them money, Jesus said in Luke 6, hope they don't repay it. (laughs) 
Because it proves you don't fear lack. It really proves you're at rest in me. And you believe Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, His righteousness, everything else will be added to you. So here we go. Here's John 13.3 through 5. Jesus, knowing the Father, what did He know? He gnoscoed it. Experientially knew the Father had given all things into His hands and that He had come from God and He was going back to God. So He's... He's at rest. He's not trying to strive for anything, gain anything, prove anything, or earn anything. He's so at rest. He also knows his identity. He had come from God and was going back to God. All this right here is true about you. It's true about me. Because the same spirit and connection, ownership, uh, Ephesians 1, Scott loves to quote it all the time. You've been sealed as God's own possession by the Holy Spirit. The role, role of the Holy Spirit, one of them is, is to convince you on a daily basis you are God's possession. You are not your own. You literally have been bought and paid for and you belong to Him. That He'll never leave you or forsake you. He, he has possession of you. Remember when I was in my, my room up at college, I was 20 years old, and I thought God was through with me. I would have been through with me. I told him, I can't live this. I make too many mistakes. And uh, he said, when he showed up in my room, he said uh, that he loved me because of who he was, not because of what I, I was doing or not doing. And I said, how come you can love me like this, and he said, because you're mine to love. That he had purchased me. At one time I belonged to the enemy, but now I was his and he just doesn't fail like we do. He's not disloyal like we are. So you belong to him and you're going back to him. That's verse 3. So what does that kind of rest, what kind of, uh, does that knowledge of the Father's love, what's it produce? Well, he rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, wrapped it around himself. After that, poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel with which he's wearing. Who can tell me one of the disciples who's there, whose feet are being washed, who we would say didn't deserve it? Judas. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Because love... Without fear doesn't look for candidates of deservedness. It just is. It's that generous. In other words, we're loving people and we're being good to them, not based on their performance, but because the, the heart of love is so pure in us. Titus chapter 1 verse 15, to the pure in heart, everybody's worth dying for. Everybody's pure. Why? Because they're so pure to our eyes? No. Because the purity of our own heart, that's the lens we look through. That's how Jesus died for the world. It wasn't because we're so pure. It's because He was. And that was the lens He was looking through. That's a supernatural life, my friends. That is supernatural living. The world says, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Jesus said, no, I know you've heard that, but don't resist an evil person. Man, if if they demand you go one mile, go with them too. Give to him who asks of you. Anybody can love those that give you love to love them with. That's all in the Beatitudes. Good stuff. So this is us now. And what happens is, is that whoever um is it rest serves other people matthew 20 27 jesus said whoever desires to be first among you let him be your slave and the word there is minister or servant 
People who are at rest serve. They give. Why? Because they're not doing anything for themselves. They have everything they need. They are a a body wholly filled with the love of God. And and God's love is creative. Remember we talked about that last week. Don't just don't pinhole him into your good works that come from your ideas. Surrender to creative love and do what creative love tells you to do. Because he knows better what that person has need of than your human reasoning does. You may think they need a bill paid, but really what they need is for you to take them dinner and have dinner with them. Love on them. Maybe share with them the gospel that all their sins are forgiven. Maybe that's really what they need. Does that make sense? And then the next day he may say, take them dinner. But live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Flee religion, flee human reasoning, and the tree of the knowledge of what you think is good and evil. Flee that tree and be at rest in the life of Christ and yield yourself to creative love. It'll make life very exciting. Very exciting. That's what love does. That's what people who are at rest do. They desire to serve. Look at this one. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Why aren't we ambitioning to go get something, be something, make something, whatever? Why aren't we? Because we already have it. We're at rest. Everything I needed that pertained to life and godliness, I got when I got Christ. I remember I was working my head off to get blessed. You know, we went through the 90s of the uh, prosperity gospel and all that. I was, try- I was trying to get checks to show up on my porch. I literally said, <laughs> okay, Lord, if you're real, okay, I-, I-, I want this stuff to work that they're telling me on TV. So I am a gullible person. <laughs> I am very unassuming. I'm like, Lord, if this is really you, when I wake up tomorrow, I want back. Because sometimes they say you got to be specific. So I said, I want 15, you know, rolls of the $100 bills in a, in a Crest food sack. <laughs> we should just go home now. I mean, <laughs> there's no coming back from this. <laughs> so sure enough, I go out the next day. It's not there. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I said. I said, praise God, I can move on from this. And you listen to what he said. Steve, what did you not get when I came inside you to live? Everything you need is me. You're not working for a blessing. I am your blessing. You're not working for love. I am love and I'm inside of you. I can't get closer than I already am. So stop working for love and surrender to it. Stop working for holiness and surrender to it. See, I already have holiness in me. And he's saying, stop working for it. Yield to it. You already have it. What did you not get when Jesus Christ came inside of you to live? That is the gospel, the life of God, everything that pertains to life and godliness, everything you could ever need is in you in Christ. Does that make sense? So instead of trying to be holy, I just surrender to holiness every day. His name is Jesus. And when I surrender to Him, I've surrendered to creative love, and life is exciting. I get to do whatever He says. Oh, look, I didn't get very far. So that's why, that's why we don't need selfish ambition. There's nothing to earn, nothing to gain, nothing to prove. People who are at rest worship. Like Courtney was talking about worship. The Pharisees did not worship God. Why? Because they were still earning everything. 
What are you thankful for? I mean, you're, you're on the treadmill, baby. You got to get this done so they can't worship. Once you know it's finished, once you know he's in you, you're at rest in him and he's at rest in you, you will thank him for the rest of your life. You will thank him. You will worship him. People who are at rest worship God. That's what I'm saying. Don't put the work in. Put the rest in. Because once you're at rest in your union with Christ, good works will come out of your heart on a daily basis. It really will. Uh, Conceit. And then he says, But in humility of mind, let each esteem others as better or just simply more important than himself. What's he saying there? You don't have need of anything. You have Christ. The world has nothing. Now, they're chasing all kinds of stuff, right? But only Christ can satisfy the human heart. Verse 4, Let each of you now look out not only for your own interests, but for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Why was Jesus such a servant? Why did He give to the point of the shedding of His own blood for people that hated Him? Because He was at rest in His Father's love. He didn't need love from other people. He had all He needed from His Father. That's what frees us up to serve. When we rest, God works. The rest of Philippians 2, actually, let me just read it to you because it really fits with what we're talking about. Philippians chapter 2. Listen to what he says here. This is right after verse 5 where I left off. Being confident of this... Oh, wrong one. (laughs) Who being in the form of God... Okay, Jesus, in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped for. He didn't spend his whole life trying to become like God or get something from God. If he does that, he's self-centered. And every miracle he does, he does so God would like him. So God would bless him. I mean, I can't even imagine going into a town and healing all the lepers and then leaving and telling Matthew and Mark and Luke, hey, I wonder how much the Father's going to bless us for what we just did. You see how shallow that is? Why did He do it? Because He's possessed by love. He's at rest in the Father's provision. He went into that town with His hands full of the goodness of God. That's what you and I are called to do. When we go to Crest Foods on Thanksgiving Day, we're walking in there with hands full of turkey. They see turkey, but what is it really? It's the love of God manifesting in a turkey breast with gravy and dressing. The love of God manifests, right? The love of God manifests in and through you. You're just the UPS driver. You're just delivering the goods. Anyway, listen to what he's saying here. Being confident is very... Oh, sorry, I did that earlier. being in the form of God didn't consider equality with God something to be reached for but he made himself of no reputation took the form of a servant do you remember the parable of the good Samaritan you remember the priest and the Levite they passed by a half dead man on their way to church (laughs) we don't have time for this poor soul I got to go get myself right with God They, they have nothing to give because they're earning their way Does this make sense to you? You must come out of the mindset that you're earning your way. As a born-again child of God, sealed for His possession by the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, you are free now to be given. There's nothing to earn, nothing to gain, 
nothing to prove. How about this? Nothing to protect. No fortresses to, to defend. You are as one of the fruits of being at rest is you are not easily offended at all. And a matter of fact, you're quick to forgive. Why? Because I don't have a fortress to defend. I love what Ron Bridges said. He said, you, he was talking to our men's group. He said, would you rather be right or do you want to be righteous? Now, I want to be righteous in how I treat people. I want to be the expression of Christ's love to people. I don't want to hurt anybody ever. Romans 13.10 says, love does no harm to a neighbor. What does love do? It doesn't harm people. I'm mortified at the thought of harming someone. I don't want to hurt somebody. Doesn't mean we don't speak truth, right? We speak the truth in love, but I want to harm anybody. Love's the fulfillment of the law, Romans 13.10. And so people that are full of the perfect love of God are unafraid and they're at rest and then they can be given. Let's do one more. I know I'm running out of time. Uh, Matthew 11. Donna mentioned this one earlier. Jesus said this, Come to me, all you uh, who labor, and you're, you're working your heads off religiously. That's where he's going with this. And I'll give you rest. More stuff to do? Better stuff? No, I'm going to give you rest. It's, in the Greek, it's a vacation from your self-effort. That's what that means. So he's going to pull you out of your earning way. That I've got to be good enough. I've got to do it. You know, I, hope I'm, I hope I'm pleasing God by doing this. To a place of I'm already pleasing. And out of that place that I am pleasing to him, I'm going to serve others. So he says here, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i'm gentle and lowly in heart and here he says it again if you'll do this if you will walk with me you'll find rest for your souls my yoke is easy my burden is light so yoke means you guys have seen the oxen right yoke means he what he's saying is let's do it together join me now i'm speaking i am the poster child for living under so much self-condemnation and so much guilt and shame through the course of my life those things tried to rob me of how good he really is he's he's so good he's willing to say to someone like me and someone like you let's do it together does he see your sin yes and he loves you anyway and he'll go to work on your sin i'm the poster child for that too Even Kyle, when we were over here talking and praying, we cannot, he will not let us settle down into deception. If you're born again, you cannot just go live in deception or sin or what, just, just, I'm just so comfortable here. You shouldn't be comfortable in sin. Doesn't mean you don't make a mistake, but you're not comfortable there. You don't want to move in. Amen. So our shame and our sin consciousness makes us doubt he's really that good. Now what we see with with yoke here, and I'm going to go super fast, yoke means Jesus is the leader. You're not. Only his yoke is mentioned. The only yoke you and I have ever had was sin. Okay, so the only yoke that's working here is Jesus' yoke. He's the leader. He's the boss. Look what he says here in uh, 
Romans 15, verse 5. Now may God, Jesus didn't say it, but Paul said it. Now may God, the source of great endurance and comfort, grace you with unity among yourselves, which flows from your relationship with Jesus. Then with a unanimous rush of passion, you'll with one voice glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7, you bring God glory when you accept and welcome each other as partners. Just as Christ, look at this, has fully accepted you and received you as his partner. Don't let condemnation and guilt and those things rob you of how good he really is. He loves you that much. He loves you that much. Matter of fact, I want to tell you a story, and I know I'm uh, out of time. But i got to tell you this story. You guys ever heard of Dennis Jernigan? Great worship leader from here in Oklahoma, and he struggled with same-sex attraction much of his early years. And he was a Christian, and he hated himself for the same-sex attraction and uh, just, just struggling in that lifestyle. Well, one day, I think it was in the 80s, early 80s, he's at uh, Acts chapter 2 concert. You ever heard of Acts chapter 2 as a Christian band? Matthew Ward was the lead singer. So in the middle of this concert, Matthew Ward stops the band, stops the concert and says, I am sorry, but there's somebody here. I've got to give this word. There's somebody here. You're involved in something so devastating. If anybody else knew about it, your life would be destroyed. So Dennis immediately is like, oh my gosh, he's talking about me. And Matthew Ward said, here's what the Lord is saying to you. Yes, I see your sin, and I love you anyway. And Dennis fell on a puddle in the floor of that auditorium. He collapsed. Oh, man. And the Spirit of the living God delivered him from homosexuality just like that. Just like that. Because love poured into Dennis's heart. Now he has, I think, 10 children. He's married. With 10. He didn't waste any time, did he? <laughs> but why am I saying that? Because don't let condemnation, don't let guilt that brings separation. Separation, if you're born again, is a lie. It, you are not separated Romans chapter 8 says nothing can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Christ living inside of you is the proof, the manifestation of Romans chapter 8 of what Paul wrote about. He's proof that nothing can separate you from his love because he's inside you. Yeah, you're sealed as God's own possession. He's with you and in you both to will and to do what? His good pleasure. Philippians 2.13. His good pleasure. He's in you to will you are, you are a slave to the will that desires good. A slave to righteousness, right? Romans chapter 6. Are you tracking with me? If you're born again, you know exactly what I'm saying. Even when you do something that's way off, you know, big piece of stupid we like to call it, there's something in you that convicts you of righteousness. It says, you know what? That's not who we are, and we are slaves to the will of God that desires good. And I, I'm so thankful for that. So thankful for that. All right, just a couple of more. Scott, you guys can go ahead and come. So we're joining Jesus in what he says to do. He's the leader. How about the statement, learn from me? That's a whole life of learning. It's a learning of process. 
where we learn to do everything we do from Him and on His behalf. When you're yoked to Jesus, and i got to say this and I'll, I'll close. Yoked to Jesus means you abandon controlling the outcomes. He's, he's going to set some of you free this morning. Because fear is what really leads to control. Control is hurtful. Come on, can I get a witness? Control and fear is damaging. Really strange relationships. Relationships are made for love, like what we see in Christ. That even if it is, yeah, I see your sin, but let me help you. Let me help you uh, get free. So when Jesus yoke, when you join yourself to him, you relinquish having to control the outcomes. I love that. So what that means is you're no longer in charge of outcomes. You simply do what he asks you to do. Right? If he says take a pie, take a pie. If he says buy their gas, buy them gas. You're surrendered to creative love, but all the outcomes are his. Don't go home and kick rocks because they shut the door in your face. Just live from him. His plan, his purpose. How about this? His GPS. He's in charge of where we're going. You do your part, but you do not trust your part or put your hope in your part. You leave the results to Him. You, and I didn't get to it, but I will, Hebrews 4, 9 through 11, labor. If you're going to work at something, work to stay at rest. That I have all I need in Him. I'm not working for something. This isn't about me. When Jesus washed those guys' feet, I promise you it wasn't about him. Matter of fact, Peter even said, Well, Lord, I tell you, this shouldn't be happening. We should be washing your feet. And he said, Peter, if I don't wash you, we can't be together. I have to be the source of the washing, the love, the joy, the peace, the instruction. Take my yoke. I'm not coming under your yoke. Take my yoke, and I'll teach you rest. Amen. Will you stand with me? Before we get into this song, Wyatt feels like he has a word. Wyatt, how old are you again? Uh, I'm 13. 13. But no junior Holy Ghost, right? What were you seeing in the message? So, I don't know if this is a coincidence, but at youth group last Wednesday, we were also talking about rest and works. So, we did this little pendulum thing on the board where it was like this side was rest and this side was works and there was a little pendulum in the middle and they were saying like you can't have rest without works because if you rest in god you're gonna produce works because like you said that's just one of the fruits and if you work in god you're gonna have rest because that's one of the fruits of being in god And if you try to rest without being in God, you're going to feel like that you're just getting nowhere and like just doing nothing because you're without him. Feel defeated. Uh, When you look at there's fruit from rest, that's what he's talking about. There's also fruit from unrest, anxiety, not enoughness. I can't get there. Um, Yes. If you try to do the works part without resting 
in God, like if you try to do it without God, you're going to feel burnt out. You're going to feel like you're not making any progress. You're going to feel anxious. Thank you. Amen. It's good. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, if you look at church history just here in the West, just here in Oklahoma, we're all familiar with the term burnout. It comes from exactly what he's describing. We're trying to do things for him when we ought to really be just doing things with him and from him. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning, you've not yoked yourself to Jesus. You've never been born again or responded to that invitation. The Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm going to come under your yoke, your instruction. I want you to be Lord of my heart and life. If you've not done that and you feel just compelled of the spirit today will you just lift your hand up so we can pray for you anybody here this morning i want to yield myself fully to christ father i thank you for the gathered church and i thank you that rest does work just like wyatt was saying that our great rest lord great fruit is born we love you in jesus name amen